Oh, huh. Oh, huh. <laughs> there that's it what is. Really... Didn't even wait for it. <laughs> no, <Nope>, you didn't. <laughs> uh... Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, uh-huh. news, and how your stomach is always filled with warm vomit. Ew. Ew. <laughs> My name is Michael Basie. What's <laughs> wrong with, with you? are Brad Polly. Oh, you're gross. Brandon Andrus. <laughs> Buy my book. <laughs> Together we are the Inglorious Bastards. I was hoping you have a note in here to ask you to say that. I've, yeah, got, yeah, some, yeah. I've got some feedback for you later. Yeah, I'll, oh, do, it, I'll do it again later. <laughs> oh, finally, a week where Brandon's here to face his own feedback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, announcements. Uh, Matt's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, <laughs> roaring like a lion. Ah! He's, uh, he's been grounded to his room. Uh, yes. Uh, that's so great. Yes, we are. I love that you used a John Mark McMillan reference. because That's not John Mark McMillan. Yeah, it that's is. It's Newsboys. And it was uh, oh, that's right. Daniel Bashta before that. Oh, that's right. There's nothing like recording yeah, in Matt's it, house with him upstairs. Same yeah. thing. I don't, I, I assume Matt's here. I don't know if he <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. He may not we be. We have not seen him. We've been here for, I've been here for almost two hours. I've heard now. some spanking sounds. So. Ew. Oh. Ew. Ugh. All right. Stop saying dirty <laughs> stuff, would you? You said would you. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've got some winners. Some wieners. Yay. Uh, Brandon Andrus book winners. You ready? So are you, what are you giving them? Ebooks or something? No, we're going to give them legit like oh, okay. physical books. Cool. We don't, we, we, I don't think we've ever done. Have you books. ordered them yet? No, we're going to. <laughs> Don't worry. No, we Brandon. couldn't because they were sold out, That's Brandon. True. You were That's sold true. out for a hot minute. But yeah, yeah we are going to. I can't order them because I'm announcing who won. Oh, okay. Just here now. we go. Here we go. <laughs> Laurel. <laughs> <Yes>. Laurel. <laughs> uh, Melissa Widener. Hey. What? At Mel the Warrior. Do Mel, not. Mel the Widener. Do not resell it. Not Read for it. resale. <laughs> we should get them in right. Re, do not resell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not for resale. Yeah. Well, they'll 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 be the the official book though. It won't be the ones with like the the. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was gonna give my used copy with notes written. In. <laughs> <laughs> They'd probably like that. Um. Uh. And then uh. Next one is. Uh, Micah Steven. Hey. Hey. You men MC. Huh. I don't know what that means. What. Y O U M I N M C Micah. Okay. Youth minister. Youth minister M C. Maybe he's a youth he's minister a DJ. slash DJ. <laughs> Working on the weekends. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Worked Pl- on play, the weekend. Playing a lot of that. Everybody is uh, working for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Probably spinning a lot of that new uh, Toby Mac album. So. <laughs> Keep is so there really about. a new Toby Mac? Uh, unfortunately, yes. Oh my God! Um, and <laughs> we then... should get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> and number three, uh, Ryan Nelson at it's a hey! jackal. So, jackal, jackal, to jackal. Yes. So DM us your your address so we can drive to your house and yeah, that's not going to look inside your windows. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we will. We will. We'll send you a copy. And look uh, in your windows. So if you did not win, <laughs> uh, if you did not win, I'm gonna need you to um, buy my book. There we go. <laughs> I need that button. I need a button for that. Buy Brandon's book. So. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you've had a you've had a good week, man. 
it, Amazon it has, sold out of your book. That's unprecedented. That's crazy. Yeah, and so then like a real physical. In fairness, book, they only bought three copies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's a box. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to know the number. All I know. Yeah, because I went on and I looked, and it said shipping in one to two months, and I was like, what? So I, I texted too. the publisher, and he's like, no, no, they ran out. He said so. No, no problem. It's back up and running again. So they don't. They don't tell you the numbers. Like they don't tell you. How I will know. He knows the number. Don't you don't ask that. It's not no, that I'm question. not gonna tell. Have him say hey, Brandon, it what's on your the. Size <laughs> I'm not going to have him say it on the podcast. I'm just curious. Do you know? The... I, no, we don't. Okay. We'll know in about three weeks. Okay. Yep. And, and then the I'll publisher let you, will let you know. And then I'll let you know. And then I'll let you not know. Yeah. No, he'll text me. He no, can text me. He those won't. Numbers. I'm, he will I'm not curious. Text. I'm literally curious. I, he will not. Well, I do want to say. Goddamn business. I want to thanks, th- say thanks to everybody because th- this has been really above and beyond yeah. anything I could imagine. You're kicking TD T. T. Jakes's ass. Right TD Jakes. Suck it, T. Jakes. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, we're. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We release on the same day, and the thing is, is like I don't have a ten thousand person church, you know. I, I but I've got the I've got the pod pod rishoners, the, yeah, the that's podverse. right. Podverse pod pod rishoners. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There oh, we go. Anyway, thanks. Yeah, probably from all the other podcasts you were on. No, it's probably ours. <laughs> the, the we'll take full. It's the, the pa- poor man's pastor podcast <laughs> that you're on. It's the pastor. You guys ball. only got to like two questions the whole night. I know, I know. right? Well. One day, we've got you here. I might think of some more. So let's go into this. Hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need some fluid. So hey, hey, what are you drinking now? So I had this special order. Oh shit! I get it. I don't remember I what I had. Had it's to gone. had to pre-order it online uh, and ordered it. This is the Best Life India Pale Ale from Silver City Brewery. Um, it is an MXPX beer. So we're, we're the CCM of beers. No, it's, ah. they're not CCM at all. Come on, <laughs> there's nothing contemporary and mostly not Christian. No, they're definitely contemporary pop punk. Contemporary? Do you know what contemporary Christian music is? Aren't they in the same category as Sandy Patty? No, not at all. <laughs> Fuck Sandy Patty too. She's gonna be in town soon. Patty Monetti. She is, isn't she? Yeah, she sure is. It's all sign for it. Like, okay, all right. Um, okay, so uh, what you? It's a, it's pretty good, man. Like, uh, Brandon, you can have one too. It's a it's definitely a West Coast IPA, so it's very hoppy. Yeah, uh, very but it's, hoppy. It's got a unique spice to it like yeah. i can't i can't place it but it's good it's it's a good beer man i i like it yeah it's it's very not, happy but it's not a i don't know it's different than a lot of ipas it wasn't just your run-of-the-mill you ipa for me. thanks bro i'm kind of i'm kind of impressed with that actually yeah believe it or not and it does have good artwork it's got the whatever that guy's name is pxpx mm-hmm. what i think it's named pxpx i'm pretty sure oh their little mascot guy yeah okay so I was a, I was a, when they first came out, man, I was a huge MS, MXPX fan. Poking at you? Yep, but now I'm not 16 anymore, so yeah. I don't listen to them. I still listen to them. I got their <laughs> latest record on vinyl. It's not bad. Why? On vinyl? Really, Michael? Yeah. Come on, man. I, I hope they're Kickstarter. Don't I don't think I've right. ever listened to one single MXPX song. 
Well, oh, Brandon. Yeah, so Michael's about to fix that. <laughs> yeah. While he's finding that, uh, it, Brandon. I also had... Uh, <laughs> we yeah. ain't got no place to go. Let's go to the Brook yeah. Rock Show. That's very Come early. Take me by the I've head. heard this Green Day song before. <laughs> they play it better than Green Day. Oh, um, no, no, no. Same no, three no. chords. Yeah. It's four chords. <laughs> I can teach how to play on guitar later. God. Uh, I, <laughs> wow. Um, I had uh, also the abduction from Evil Check Brewery. It is pomegranate New England style pale ale. Dude, that was really damn good. Nice. Like really damn good. Uh, I recommend that highly if you, you're anywhere near where you can get Evil Check beer from Mishawaka. Uh, that was delicious. So... I, yeah, could, I think could, one of us will be there tomorrow. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yep. Actually, yeah. So, Brando, yep. you had something too. You've got like Let's four see. beers in front of yeah, you. Yeah, I had 18. like I had the uh, Danny Boy Beer Works Mac yeah, Daddy. Yeah, what you think of that? Oh, uh, it was the Scotch Ale. Um, it it was okay. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, like nine percent alcohol, buddy. So Zwanzig's has yeah. uh, in Columbus We're going has a Scotch night. ale, yeah. and it is way better than that. Okay, well I'll be having that tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll be there. Scotch ales, man. Like I liked that one, but yeah, they can they can go really wrong. Yep. I've had some bad ones, but I've had some really really scotch, good ones. Scotch, too. scotch, yeah. So and they're also generally very heavy. Very yeah. heavy to drink. So, all right, that's a lot of good. Oh, you also had a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Oh, it's still sitting there. <laughs> oh, so you didn't like that? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, okay, he just needed to try all of them. That's a little well, bit. You, of... just, you guys keep pushing it. Yeah, that's right. So, I, I don't do good with peer pressure. And his water bottle there is full <laughs> of vodka. I don't do <laughs> straight good with vodka. Peer pressure. <laughs> Um, oh, that's great. Uh, okay, so if you'd like to buy us around, go to patreon.com slash podcast. It'll get you access to our spinoff podcast, access to the Pastors Pub. It's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and everything else. Um, things discussed in the pub this week. We got a new vegan subgroup. Woot woot. Yeah. We've only got about, I don't know, 34 subgroups now in yeah. the pub. Well, you know. If now you don't even have to be in the pub. You can just be in a subgroup. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Just and, you know, some people feel connected. Like, they want to talk about specific things. So, I, I get it. Like, I'm another thing discussed in the pub. There's a new politics subgroup. I'm all for that. Let's get that shit out of the Yeah, pub. I know, right? <laughs> let's, Somebody's let's like, oh, Brad will like that. No, get me no. the fuck as far away from that yeah. as possible. I, I will say this. I did... Um, after I created it, I dropped Steve Austin in there just to piss him <laughs> off. <laughs> so it was so great. Uh, so, that's, a, that's a fantastic yep. prank. Yeah, it was great. Oh, I love it. It's like, God damn it. <laughs> um, oh. uh, also, we have, uh, there's a lot of talk about pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beer or Oktoberfest was, was the kind of the discussion. Last year, we last fall, we did like, uh, we, we tried did, a bunch of different yeah, kinds we did of bunch. each. Like Glad we we're not doing we did it this a bunch year. of. I don't know. They're they're good. They were good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm good for one or two pumpkin beers a fall. Yeah, and like, I'm good I, for you know, a, a bracket of that, like we did last yeah. year, every five years. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot. We were yeah, trying we like five or six different kinds a night. It was. Yeah, yeah I was tried the Taxman default. Yeah, yeah, and it was weird. It is but weird. It, it was good. It was like uh, honey and cinnamon. Yeah. yeah, it's different than a lot of fall yeah. beers, but I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Also discussed in the pub, Brandon has a book for sale or something. Who? Brand- her? Never yeah. heard of her. <laughs> Brandon, I think, I don't know. Her? 
Brandon Andrus. <laughs> you mean the guy that scored the most points in uh, fantasy football this no, week, baby? No, nice. No, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. no. So yeah, I scored 124 points and fucking lost this wow. week, which I just love. Once again, I've lost two times to the guy from Northern Ireland that barely checks his team. Yeah, wow. twice this year. I had to have a talk with him about stuff. God, I am 2 and Checking 4. His team. I am 2 and 4 in my I have like the third highest score in like total aggregate in I'm my one entire in freaking yeah. one in five. Uh, God, third, I just get the well. worst matchups, man. Yep. Like I'm scoring good points. I'm just losing every damn week. Yeah. Yep. So frustrating. Oh man. Uh, Thanks Blake Bortles for laying a goddamn egg this week. Yeah. You worthless sack of shit. And freaking uh, <laughs> Deshaun Watson. I dropped his ass. No, this week. is that his name? Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He didn't yeah. do anything either. He got, got like five or six points. Oh, okay. Well, I ended up with like 160 that. points. God, just crazy. It's insane, yeah. man. Like I, I think I had. Oh, nobody's so. gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd do a, a, a outside the walls about That's fantasy so football. Great. Oh. I did. Le- I, I, I did um, release a new episode with Steve yeah. Austin. I, I, yeah. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. I actually. listened to it today. Yeah. It was like a 20 minute episode, so it was like super duper. But it's kind of a hybrid between my book and his book. Oh, yeah, and okay. I it's think, really good. I think it's really good. All right. Yeah. yeah. I like I'm how last week it. we said, Brandon, are you going to ever do a um, an outside the walls version of your book? And you said no, and then you, like, within 24 or 48 hours, you dropped an outside-the-walls version of your book on the podcast. You, gotta keep you the literally, guessing. you read the uh, intro. Like, I was great. like, I've, I've heard this before. <laughs> so it was good. It was good. So that that was pretty lengthy, yeah, too. Yeah, I'll be so listening had, to that tomorrow. I'm a lot looking of, forward to it. A lot of extended episodes in Outside the Walls. It's good. Yeah, so we have another guest uh, voices episode coming out, like, next week. And then we have Jess Duncan coming back oh, in November. Yeah. And then Sarah's going to do one in December. Nice. And I think we might close it up after that for oh, okay. a while. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Taking a taking a holiday break, buddy. Just a holiday. <laughs> holiday. Um, the, uh, also, the podcast game too strenuous for you. you gotta yeah. tell you what, I, it's like you know. <laughs> you actually <laughs> edit yours, so it probably yeah, is. It does. <laughs> it takes so. We show long. up and just drink and cuss for two oh. hours every week. It's like, all right, here it is. Hit upload. All right. <laughs> here it is. Um. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, some talk uh, in the in the pub about the hurricane, mm-hmm. uh, Hurricane Michael. We've got some so. turds majorly affected by that. Yeah. So, um, Andy and Ron Becker, we love you so much. The eye went straight over their house. Yep. So they so. got they were pretty fortunate, but still have a shitload of work yeah. to do. Long recovery. It's hard to say they're fortunate when. Well, they, you know what I mean, though. They're like, not dead. Well, so. they're not dead, and their house wasn't completely ripped off its foundation. So yeah. well. a lot of work, but they're. Yeah, you know what's amazing though is that she posted last night and she was talking about the devastation, mm-hmm. but then she listed all of the great things yeah, that are happening, yeah. and it's like, it's, to me, that's the beautiful part of it. It's like you don't want to go through it, yes. But whenever you see so many generous people yeah. and people pitching in and helping out and donating money, and it's just uh, yeah. unbelievable. They, those are two just genuinely wonderful people. I agree. So, hate to see them going through this, but you know, glad to see it wasn't worse believe yep. it or not so, love you long tim yep love yep, you guys for sure. if you're if you're interested in helping out um and you're in the pub there is a, a post pinned right now so yep. you can find out how to help yep and if you're not in the pub hit us up if you yep. want to help we can we can find a way to direct you so. yes um fantasy football update this week um 
Justin Combs is still number one. He is actually the last yeah, undefeated he's killing team. It, man. He has 130 so. points total, but he's seven yeah, and zero. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, God, it's so irritating. Yeah, he's not the highest scorer. I think he's uh, third, but he's the only one who's still undefeated. Oh, fun so. fact. Yeah, I've got the third highest. I have okay. Total. I have 52 more points total than the person that's leading our division. Spend all your time that waiting. That is... Fuck it. Yeah, fuck this. All your time but I've had almost 100 more points scored against me than that person has. Yeah. It's, it's all luck. It is. It really is. Like, Andrew God, Luck? It is so, no, not Andrew Luck. God. That's so irritating. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Fuck. I gotta be Matt this week since he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, okay, so we don't have, uh, we did not think through CCM Corner or Fat Bastard. So oh, we should have. Or pros and cons. Well, do you want to pause and think of something and then come back? Let's do a CCM Corner. All right. Well, <laughs> be right back. All right. Well, BRB in one, two, three. Well, that was easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we've got we've got a song. So here's the, here's the, here we go. Come over and have a seat. Oh, this yeah. is CCM Corner. <laughs> By the way, Brandon's here because Bald Jesus bailed on yeah. us. Friggin' Bald Thanks, Jesus. Bald Jesus. Three Center. weeks ago. I'll Center. be there. That, yeah. that is definitely going to hurt his points in the who wants to be a pastor yeah. race. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. It's like 25 points deduction for not showing up. Yep. I think so. Technically, we've got uh, Brandon was here two weeks. Um, <laughs> Steve Austin was only here once. Etcetera Etcetera was, was here, here two weeks. Was he here two weeks? Maybe I, just one. I think it was just one, wasn't it? It feels like forever, though. <laughs> <laughs> just drags on. Not just kidding. You've uh, taken them to the bedroom already, though. Yeah, well, yeah. You know. he, he went straight to the bedroom. <laughs> um, and then Lucas will be on. Well, who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll be on next mm-hmm. week. We'll see. Um, we'll go for freaking there. Lucas. Yeah. So uh, here we go for the CCM corner. Um, I, I'm not even going to without introduction because yeah. he literally is going to sing it as yep. soon as we hit yep. play. So here we go. <laughs> Got my first real six string. Bought it at the five and nine. I'm watching the video for this. Played it till my fingers bled. <laughs> Was the summer of 69. It totally oh, man, works. He is wearing like his dad's trench coat in this. <laughs> in the very beginning. Hey, what if we stole Brian Adams' riff and put terrible Christian lyrics over it? You know what? He is a handsome dude. Yeah, he's pretty good looking. Ooh, open up that Bible. The word. He is like. Wait, and I read about me. Stephen Curtis Chapman's in the Bible? Yeah. You never heard about the part where he talks about Stephen Curtis Chapman? The the prophecy of Stephen Curtis Chapman? Uh. (laughs) Didn't he get stoned? Man, they spent a shit ton of money on this video. Yeah, you think? There's like mountains and some (laughs) horses. There's like. Three, three or four different like sets. We got a trail to play. Whoa! In the wild blue yonder, God's amazing grace. Let's follow our hero. Let's follow our leader. Is he talking about Kim Jong Un? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is the great adventure. So yeah. I was in a um, a, a play. Based on the music of Stephen Curtis Chapman called The Great Adventure. <laughs> you had a play based on Stephen there Curtis was Chapman. A, I swear to God. Wait, it was about Stephen Curtis Chapman? No, it Chapman? was based off the music okay. of this of Stephen Curtis Chapman. Um, wow. I got I gotta look this up. Bro, I'm, this is some mid-90s horseshit here. <laughs> Man. I think it might have been a musical. Uh. Can you imagine those background singers while he's recording yeah, and standing there? I ready know, to right? <laughs> they're wearing black turtlenecks. You know they're wearing black turtlenecks. Uh. Oh, right. Enough of this shit. Turn this off. Does he have like a, a real powerful bridge coming up? I'm sure. You know what I love? Is that we're hating on this and somewhere one of our listeners is fucking jamming oh, out I'm in their car. Oh, I'm fucking jamming to it. I love this shit. <laughs> I would totally. I hate you so much. I would much. totally There's listen no to way this. You, no, you would. the best. Tell me you wouldn't. I, Michael, I need you to tell me that that's a joke. I can't deny it. Oh, it's, my God. I would I would give it one listen about every five I years. I wonder out of a hundred and whatever how many episodes we've done, how many weeks that I've listened to this and gone, how are we friends? I don't know. <laughs> I gotta I can't I cannot find it. Oh, there's a there is a guy with a horse and he's is there, is there also gonna be a key change? No. No, just like more, a deaf leopard key change. Just singing it more spiritually now in a vest. <laughs> He has a vest on. Uh, he's got a vest. He's got like a golf jacket. He's got the trench coat. Uh, his trench coat looks like it's like four sizes. I haven't seen this big. video. Is he literally riding a horse? He's not riding a horse. Uh, but there is somebody riding a horse. God, I wish he was riding a horse playing a guitar. It would be the greatest thing he's ever. Got a, in slow motion. Yeah, like right. Like a flannel. Yeah. His hair blowing. Yeah, his hair a flannel blowing sports jacket. I oh, swear. Oh, well, you know. All right, turn this off. It's Jesus almost Christ. there. Just heard it All right. God. <laughs> this concludes. Uh, God. I, I, I'm going to wake up at 3 in the morning tonight, and that song is going to be stuck in my head. I'm going to be laying in bed cursing your name. Have you seen him live before? No. I've seen him live twice. Twice. Yeah. Once two, when I was a kid. Two times. Once when I kid, it was a kid. Another time when I was a Not once. Two times. Once Michael has seen him two times. Once when I was a kid. Couldn't help it. My parents took me. I met him. He had a mullet. It was great. Um, he had a mullet. And then uh, within the last five years, I've seen him live. But Oh, my God. Are you it, serious? It was, it was because I, I volunteered for Food for the Hungry. So You you, you saw him, him five years ago. Him? No, it was it was since we've been recording this podcast. Are you serious? How it did was, we not know this? It was uh, him and Third Day. Wow. On tour. Really? Yeah. Huh. I yeah. saw Third Day and Need to Breathe together, like not very many years after ago. I saw that. <laughs> they were really nice. I was actually working backstage. I was literally their runner for the day. Yeah, which was basically like, hey, whatever they want, you got to go get it. So I ran all over Bloomington, Indiana, getting shit for them, driving them to places. Drove the bass player from Need to Breathe to Urban Outfitters. What? <laughs> what did they need? <laughs> so. Well, I had to get electrical supplies. I, we had to go to Kroger 
I got went to the grocery store to get them Red Bull and Kettle. like we literally. So this is how crazy this shit is. Like, it's not just the Christian music machine, but like yeah. the yeah. music machine as a whole. Uh-huh. So like we dealt all day. We dealt with the tour manager, right? So we were basically at this guy's beck and call. Whatever the band, they would say to him, "We want this." Or need this. Like, we went and got him cereal for the tour bus. Like, Ooh, hey, kind? Mac wants this kind of cereal. Okay. So, or, hey, these, they wanted, like, we drove him to the movies. They wanted to go for the, to the movies for the day, like, for the afternoon. Um, like, it was, it was insane. Like, so, in the middle of the third day concert, Mac talks about, he's talking to the crowd just randomly and goes, <clears throat> uh, man, I could really use some Red Bull right now. Literally 30 seconds later, we get a call from the tour manager. Hey, can you guys go to Kroger and, or go to the grocery store and get him some Or they're bowl? walking off the stage. Seriously. Like, we, so we literally had that waiting for him when he came off stage. But that's not his that's No, not no, no, no. No, his no I know. I'm not saying. Yeah. I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's just the music machine in general, not yeah. just like Christian. It was insane. Like, and you wonder, like, what is a band like ACDC like? I mean, this is yeah. like a, at the time, Third Day was have not. Have you seen at, some of the pages that they have? Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The writers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's but insane. Third Day was not at their peak at this point. I yeah. mean, they were, like, pretty far past their peak. This was oh, only you, here's the thing. six or seven years ago, probably. Sir, you say that they're past their peak. They're selling shit out. No, but they weren't, though. Like, that was the thing. Like, that show, they had, like, a thousand extra seats that Where weren't was it sold. At? It was at the IU Auditorium. Oh, uh, okay. And... Uh, basically, Need to Breathe was actually really great, and they were like super. That's why people quit going to your church, this. though, right? Yeah, because right. Michael was asking for so will, much every week. I, I will know. say everybody. I will say I every goddamn everybody involved in M and M's. I will say this: everybody involved from both bands were fantastic yeah. people. Like nobody were dicks. Like everybody was great. Um, but it was just such a surreal experience. I mean, literally thirty seconds after he says the words Red Bull on stage, we get a call. That's hey, great. can you guys go to the grocery store and get some Red Bull and then pick up a couple other things? It's nuts, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> just sing your stupid songs. I know. It was crazy. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, man. I wish I could find the the, the artwork for that. Uh, I think it was called The Greatest Adventure or Great Adventure. Who knows? It was it was great. If you Sounds like it. <laughs> very, very great. <laughs> Uh, we settled up the horses, guys. Um, and this was your CCM moment. Yep, oh, this concludes God. CCM <laughs> corner. So here we go. Definitely cheers. Yep, dry all your cheers. Yep, all the cheers. We need to have him re-record that, yeah. but just dub his voiceover going. Cheers, cheers, cheers. No, just cheers, dub cheers, his voiceover on that part going. Tears. <laughs> tears. Tears. Just that one no, line, I, like, I think tears. I, I think we just let the jizz live. All right. Yes. Well, we're committed to the jizz. It's dry all your jizz. Okay. Uh, news feed. This is from uh, Stephanie Rice. Um, <laughs> I can just imagine people with their protest signs, let the jizz live. <laughs> yes. I can only imagine... <laughs> Let the jizz. Okay, uh, Stephanie Rice has a news feed for us. So, uh, friend of the podcast, Stephanie Rice. Hey, girl. Correspondent. <laughs> hey, girl. How you doing? Hey, girl. Um, so, Fendi's $1,000 touch of fur shawl looks like a big vagina. Boy, people yeah, have it noticed. really does. Um, it's probably not the reaction that Fendi had in mind. Uh the new shawl uh, retails nearly a thousand dollars. 
Dude, if you can spend a thousand dollars on a coat, fuck you, man. Like, yeah. uh, jeez. I've never had a leather jacket, but I I looked online. I saw one on an Instagram ad popped up the other night. I a like, shawl? Man, that, no, it was a leather jacket. I'm like, oh. man, that looks awesome. Uh, I might get that. I looked at mm. it. No, I'm not a leather jacket guy. Yeah. Upon further introspection, no, I'm not. But <laughs> did click on the ad. Six hundred and forty-seven dollars. Fuck you. Yeah, there is no goddamn way in hell. Well, it's, I'm paying six hundred and forty-seven dollars for a fresh cow for it's a not, coat. It's not any old cow. They better have the a, name of jacket. the cow printed on that. That is insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. This cow. Fuck this this letter brought to you by Biff. God, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Man. So, um, I guess they have it in in all kinds of different colors, but the um, the one shade really stood out. Um, oh no! And it makes it makes you look like you're being born. So, oh no! Uh, it's, it's the pink shade. Oh um, no! Really? Yep. They had this had to be intentional. No, it was not uh, because it disappeared from their website. How, okay, uh, so I saw a picture of this. How the hell can nobody notice? Uh, yeah. So. I don't know. I, I mean, you have to figure well, how you many... see it in, in conjunction with all the other colors. It's just like, okay, that's a pink one. And no, then... no, no. I mean, the coat itself. Like, <laughs> you, how many people this has to go through to get approved and made? Nobody stood up and goes, this looks like a vagina. Nobody. Yeah. There's no way that's possible. Oh, it, it, I mean, it happened. Why would they, why, why would they do that? Publicity. I you think, think it's they all a publicity made yes. a vagina. Absolutely. You know, I've seen business meetings where people sit around the table and they will not say like, really. No, I mean it's just like they're terrified to dissent. And so they're like, yeah, I mean that's like the greatest oh thing, boss. God. That is so good. And then <laughs> I mean it looks literally looks it's just awesome. like a vagina. It is like <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It's uh and if you do it upside down, if you show the picture upside down, it's even it's even yeah. more. So Boy, more that's, pronounced that's, uh, yeah. clitoris. Yes. yes. Nothing uh, like having your head be the clitoris. It's just it's just a wonderful. Uh, yep. It does make you look younger, though. That's, oh. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Yeah. Newborn baby. <laughs> Fresh out of the womb. Um, uh. Just don't let any bald men wear it. So. <laughs> it's <laughs> a very good piece of advice um, she also sent us a video uh it's it's a music video called the miracle of birth by oh donna lynn uh champlin uh from i think the tv show called crazy ex-girlfriend um and it's I, I she I think she just wanted us to see uh, kids coming out of what looks like a yeah. vagina. So yeah, that's we'll, that's, we'll include that in our show. Thanks, thanks, Steph, in our in our in our post online too. So <laughs> thanks, Steph. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for the for the miracle of birth, <laughs> Stephanie Rice, emo correspondent. So yeah, uh, yeah. Thank, thanks, Stephanie. You're you're something else. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yep. So all right, what do you guys got? All right. Um, Man arrested after he masturbates and dips butt in church's holy water. What? Bro, this story is so great. According to the Idaho Statesman, which where news comes <laughs> where, where news comes after sheep rape. Uh, a man <laughs> Boy, where news comes first. 
a man ingested methamphetamine, oh. then tried to attend church. Results were somewhat mixed. <laughs> spirit of Life Church. Well, they certainly had a spirit of something. In Mandon was holding its 9 a.m. service when 21-year-old Zachary Burdick walked in and started to strip. According to a police affidavit. Yeah, absolutely. Zachy Beeves. Witnesses at the church said that once Burdick was naked, he began walking down the aisle toward the altar as he masturbated. Oh, wow. A witness who called police said there were about 75 people at the mass during the incident. And according to the priest, Burdick was splashing around in a holy water fountain. How far away is that uh, asteroid that looks like a skull? (laughs) Just hit us. The priest also added that the holy fountain will now need to be drained, cleaned, (laughs) and sanitized. I think that would throw the thing out. Just unbelievable. Oh my God. This is great. Burdick was arrested for criminal mischief, indecent exposure, and ingestion of a controlled substance other than marijuana. (laughs) Reportedly, this was revealed to the arresting officer as he explained that he was, quote, tweaking. Burdick was told by the police officer that he was twanking. (laughs) This is a great line. Burdick. Burdick was told by the officer that he shouldn't masturbate in front of others. However, Burdick explained that he was, quote, trying to bust a nut. (laughs) (laughs) All all of a sudden, he's like, hold up, hold up, officer, hold up, officer. I'm just Just... trying to bust a nut. (laughs) Are you you seeing what I'm seeing here? Oh, my God. that may be one of the funniest lines from any news story it's I've ever heard. It's really great. No, it's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's, Man, that's, uh, yeah, what well, is wrong with us? Oh. There's, there's that methamphetamine, hell of a drug, in case anybody's wondering. Yikes. Uh, yeah. Then I got one more. Earth's supposed oldest living person has hated every day of her life. <laughs> <laughs> Says she's 128 years old. She says she is? And she considers her longevity a punishment from God. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Russian government, a Chechen woman named Koku Istanbulova is God 128, which would make her not just the oldest person on earth, but older than anyone on record in recent history. Her age is impossible to verify because her documents were lost in the Second Chechen War. But her internal passport reports her birth date as What's June, an internal passport? Well, I don't as June first, eighteen eighty nine. Jeez, bro. So regardless of whether she's one hundred twenty, this what this is lady an is, internal pass? Is that like when you like cut a tree and then you can see the rings around it? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. I need to do some carbon dating on that. That's chick. right. Well, and to hear her tell it, she's hated just about every minute since. This God is a quote. It. This is a quote. I have not had a single happy day in my life. I have always worked hard digging in the garden. I am tired. <laughs> Just let me go, Lord. When asked about her secrets for longevity, wow. she said, it was God's will. I did nothing to make it happen. <laughs> Long life is not at all God's gift for me, but a punishment. Send that wow. lady some meth, for God's Bro. sake. She needs to dip her ball sack in a, uh, her, her trying to dangly bust a girl ball sack into some holy water. Bro. <laughs> uh. So, uh, well, yeah, she said, she said that one, she said, looking back at my unhappy life, I wish I had died when I was young. 
when I was working, my days were running one by one, and now I am not living. I am just dragging through. Is this the freaking book of Job or what? <laughs> I mean, if only the good die young, then it would. Dude. It, you could only draw the conclusion that shit. only the evil live forever. Get this. Her children have all have all died, including a daughter who lived until she was 104. Jeez. Yikes. So whether she's 120, she's got to be. I mean, she's oldest. She's got to be there. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So uh, yeah, long life. Not not for everyone. Uh, man. <laughs> Jesus, <take> yeah. <laughs> yes. Right into a wall. Oh man. You or be, you be, outside the wall. You better go next. I better go next. Yep. Run outside oh, the God. wall. You got a serious one? Yeah, I got a good one. Okay. All right. So good how (laughs) Tennessee man, Tennessee father run over by a lawnmower while trying to kill his son with a chainsaw. Well, that's that's quite a headline. Uh, Police in Tennessee (laughs) say that a man was run over by a lawnmower while he was allegedly trying to kill his son with a chainsaw. Um, uh, authorities uh, were called to a home in Bristol in June where they discovered a 76-year-old man bleeding Karma from his head and his police leg. Police, arrest this man. <laughs> they, have, they have an ongoing feud. The, the son defended himself against the attack by running over the suspect with a lawnmower. That's not funny. It's terrible. It's, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Brandon thinks it's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the man was arrested last week after being hospitalized for nearly three months due to his injuries, resulting in an amputated leg. So that's why you don't chase people in lawnmowers with a fucking chainsaw. They're going to fucking you, know, you would think you. that's not a sentence you would ever have to utter in your life. That's why you don't chase somebody on a lawnmower holding a chainsaw. <laughs> well, it should you... never be a sentence that's uttered in history. And yet here oh, we are. Here we are. My God. I don't even. I don't even know where. <sighs> here I spend all my time talking about loving your enemies and forgiveness and reconciliation. And here we are. Here we are, people. <laughs> yep. Chainsaws and riding lawnmowers. Chainsaws and riding mowers. <laughs> All right. Here's here's another good one from um, this is insider.com. I'm not saying anything. Uh, <laughs> a woman's tongue was inseminated by a squid after eating undercooked seafood. Oh, come on. A 63-year-old woman. Wait. Oh, come on. On. Oh, come all ye <laughs> undercooked seafood. <laughs> <laughs> Do my own sound effects. Um, 63-year-old woman had her mouth inseminated by a uh, sperm after eating undercooked what, squid. What is that? What? Whoa, let's 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 back up a second. What is that? What does that mean the, exactly? It, like it felt as though many bugs were biting her. Uh, uh, oral oh. mucosa? Mucosa? I don't have any idea. I don't know. I got no idea. Um, because the squid was undercooked, the spermatophores, yeah. sack of sperm uh, used by many invertebrates um, to fertilize the female's eggs during reproduction, were still alive. Hmm. So, and they were just trying to latch Neat. on. No thanks. Latching on to her, 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 her tongue. Cook, cook your squid. Um, that's that's what we're learning here tonight. That's that's a great life lesson. Thank you, buddy. Um, 
Well, if you ever heard somebody say that if you swallowed an apple seed, a tree would grow inside your stomach, um, <laughs> it's like this, but a, a hundred like times a worse. A hundred times worse. Yep. <laughs> Gross. Help me, Jesus! Help me, Jewish God! Help me, Allah! God, that is so gross. So uh, she experienced uh, severe sharp pain and spat out the entire portion without swallowing. Well, <laughs> stop. That's it. No, yeah, I was going to say. There's really no reason to go on. Is um, there? <laughs> it's, I finally got to use it, too. Yes. <laughs> Oh, this, so happy this, right this stars, now. This stars have finally aligned. I fi- <laughs> it finally makes sense. It's all all this to pay off that sound effect. Oh, man. Uh, it's worth highlighting that these are literally are not literally organisms or bugs. They are. It's, it's sperm. Effectively, a sack of sperm used... Um, yeah, well, boy, that is for, pretty. That is pretty gross. When a when a daddy <laughs> when a when squid, a, when a squid meets squid, a mommy squid. When a squid loves a woman's tongue and he yeah. wants to make love to that tongue. I'll make love <laughs> to you. Poor Brandon. Even if it means me taking a chubby, <laughs> I will suck it up. I'm gonna mm. puke. That is a really gross story, man. Um, God, that so is anyway, so I, I have a uh, redeeming story out of all. Wait, 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 Michael's no, got I, nine I, more. I, I can't. I can't allow it. <laughs> Trying to see if there's any other any other Overruled. Can we talk about the the woman in Russia whose whose headstone no, no. is literally a five foot iPhone? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> uh, her. So her her um her headstone is is literally an, a five foot iPhone. It's Olga um, Jobs of uh, Chechnya. <laughs> <laughs> Thank oh. you. I'm glad you got yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it's got the Apple logo on the back. It seems like that'd be against the law, but it sure does. Uh, what are they gonna do? Sewer? <laughs> I mean, what the fuck are you gonna do? Who cares? I mean. Put know. an Apple logo, whatever you Put want, an Nike logo on the back. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, but whatever um, you want on there, yeah. So. Sue me, go for it. Yep. And the the front is a picture of her. Her, her I would assume, would be her. Um, uh, screw. Oh, I, I'm. It's it's a picture of her, and it has the dates and like half of me goes, yeah, whatever, do your thing. The other half of me goes, that's pretty sad. <laughs> yep. I mean, really, this it's is the way you can sum sad. up my life. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. It's bad. It's an iPhone. Yeah. All right, takes takes away. Now I've gone to the the dark depths of <laughs> iPhone headstones. What do you got? Yeah. So right before I came here, I saw someone post this, and on Facebook, everybody has to search for Kate, K A T E artist, A R T I S T. And this is a girl, okay. Kate artist. Yeah, a girl who has muscular dystrophy. And she began painting at the age of, I think she began. Uh, Kate artists like dot com. No, 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 no. Oh, just in just the see? search bar of the Facebook. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, and, Facebook. <clears throat> yep. And um, she began to develop mus- muscular dystrophy at the age of four. She could no longer walk uh, at the age of 10. She's completely unable to walk. Or Kate raise- artist and Kate artist studios. 
Yeah, either one, yeah. Uh, e. Katarina Painter. So anyway, just look at it. And man, I, I watched some of the videos. Oh wow. And dude, that's crazy. Yeah, she she paints and she is basically lying down on her side. Dude. And she's painting oh, and man. it's unbelievable. Like gorgeous paintings. And so I mean, she was really doing this as maybe an escape, a way to express herself by being incredibly limited. But well, people, that page. yeah, people began asking how they can buy the paintings, and so they're just now figuring out how to do it. And wow, <laughs> I was man. just blown away, man. It, Dude, her stuff is like incredibly good, like no joke. Is yeah. she's how old? Ten? Yeah, I mean, I think she's like. Not, yeah, she's not yeah like 10 old. years old. Wow. Now at 10 years old, she's a- unable to walk, raise her arms, or breathe without a ventilator, but she continues to paint. Dude, Jeez. this is yeah. insane. That's gorgeous. I mean, that's wow, that's really cool. Yeah. So go to her page and check it yeah, out. Look, look at some of the it. videos and like that page. That's amazing to me. Yeah, uh, um, wow. yeah, we'll have it on Facebook, and uh, we're giving away three of our paintings. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're not doing that. Just uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, every retweet. Man, that I mean, that's that's really cool, man. That's yeah. seriously cool. Yeah. I feel like I need to tank that somehow. Well, thanks can, for that. Can no, make, that's no. Let's can not make tank, this worse. Let's not tank that. That's great. Okay, <laughs> that's a good story. Okay. Um, cool. All right, let's go further out, further in. Um, first of all, first of all, um, we're going to give away three copies of Philip Gully's book on Twitter. So yeah, twitter.com slash pastors podcast to, to, it's, to enter. It, I can't recommend this book enough. Yeah. I mean, really seriously, seriously good. If for whatever part of the spiritual spectrum you find yourself on, I yeah. would recommend it for anybody, but, including atheists, agnostic. Yeah. It's just really, I mean, it's just refreshing. Like, yeah. When I was reading, I just it, I just felt refreshed reading it. To read that perspective, it's so gracious and wise and yeah. free and just man, it's just. I, I it's think great. one of the, I mean, for me, one of the really sad things is that most people kind of dismiss Quakerism because he's a yes, Quaker, right? And yeah. and no one even knows anything about yes. it or yep. how it started. Other and than so, killer oats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Gotta sow those oats. Yeah, and so you know that. The thing about it is, is that th- there is something in what he talks about that is refreshing yes. and needed. Yeah. And for all of the animosity and division, there's a breath of fresh air in what he's yes. talking about. And there's something so great about Quakerism as he describes it as it, he doesn't say it in these words, but this is how I take it is it is works within the system, but stands outside of it, yep. Yeah. which is really necessary in this day and age. Um, yeah. Very good. I think you're going to like this. The, I will say the audio is yeah. a little, little. Audio's not Sketchy. great. He's he's literally in yeah. his in his farm in, in, in Indiana. Indiana on one so, bar, one oh. bar on phone. So, <laughs> so but it's definitely it's worth the, it. The content is so so good. So stick with yep. it. Yep, stick with it. Um, yep. yep. So this is Philip Gully. He is a Quaker pastor, writer, and speaker from Danville, Indiana. Um, the book is called Unlearning God: How Unbelieving Helped Me Believe. Um, yeah, check it out. Um, buy the book. Yep. Good, good, good. Buy his stuff. book. Buy his book. <laughs> further up. Further up. And further up. Further up. Further up. Yippity yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. We have Philip Gully here today. Philip, are you with us? I am. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. We, uh, we're just talking about how close we actually are to each other, like in like geographically. So within 20 miles. Yeah. Within 20 <laughs> miles of each other. That's crazy. Yeah. So just right down the road. Yep. We're, we're super pumped to have you on. Um, you guys actually need a good influence in your life. Yes. So, uh, so if this works out, <laughs> yeah. we might be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> they need a mentor badly. Yes. Um, so we uh, um, ha- have read your book. Yes. Uh, really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, and, and that's obviously that's why you're here to, to, to basically talk about the book. Um, we, we first of all, thank you for writing the book. Yeah. Um, oh, well, thank you for reading it. <laughs> um, so in, in the book, you talk about uh, um, the book is called Unlearning God. Um, in, in the book, you talk about being raised uh, by a Baptist and a Catholic. And you say when one's father is condemned to hell, it's hard to think well of the institution sending him there. Can you talk? About, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about your upbringing and, and how you became a Quaker? Yeah, I was. I grew up Catholic, and um, I, uh, uh, at the age of fourteen, my my mom said, "You can go where you want to go," and we had uh, good neighbors who were Quakers, and they were in charge of the Quaker youth group in our town at the Quaker meeting. And um, I was probably about 16 by then, and I was sitting on our porch one one summer evening uh, watching as carload after carload of pretty uh, Quaker teenage girls pulled up <laughs> to their house and got out and went inside, and, and I heard the voice of God telling me to go be a Quaker. So I did. <laughs> I walked across the yard and knocked on the door, and they welcomed me in, and and I just started going to the youth group, Quaker youth group, and eventually began attending their meeting for worship, and and uh, and then, uh, gosh, six years later, uh, I was uh, it was suggested to me that I uh, consider becoming a Quaker pastor. Okay, so, so I began that process. So for uh, for our listeners uh, that may not know what. I mean, I get. How would you describe Quakerism? I mean, if you could do that in any sort of brief <laughs> time. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, I'm, historically, Quakerism was a uh, was a rejection of kind of the organized church of the day okay. and its alliance with political power. Okay. It started on the heels of the English Civil War, when good Christian people all across England were killing one another. And uh, so there was a lot of religious turmoil, a lot of uh, disenchantment with what religion had become and its abuse of power. And, uh, and so the Quakerism was a movement away from that, kind of a rejection of, of the hierarchy for our first 200 years. We didn't even have pastors. Hmm. Um, people would simply gather and sit in silence and if they felt led by the Spirit to bring a message, they would stand up and do so. Hmm. Um, they were very skeptical of uh, theologically trained or theological training. It sounds they, like we need to have uh, a Quaker resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> well, they believed if God wanted us to know something, then God would tell us directly. Hmm. And... Um, uh, 
And that all began to kind of undo after the Civil War when um, there was a great uh, religious revival in America. And so we had all these people flooding into Quaker meetings. And um, and uh, so Quaker meetings began identifying persons in meetings in the congregation who might be teachers and who could teach these newcomers on the Quaker and that role kind of slowly evolved into uh, the role of pastor. Okay. Um, but it's but it's kind of odd. It's it's not like being a pastor in other churches. You don't have a lot of authority. <laughs> uh, it, it doesn't pay much. Uh, so a lot of Quaker pastors are bivocational, um, and. Uh, uh, and you only get authority in a Quaker meeting. You never have authority because you're in a position. You only have authority if people trust you. Hmm. Uh, and if you have exhibited a uh, uh, the kind of characters that the Quakers value. Um, we call them weighty friends. <laughs> and, uh, for instance, I've been pastoring my Quaker meeting for 18 years, and they're just now starting to ask my opinion about things. <laughs> 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 Love that. <laughs> that whole setup sounds vaguely biblical. <laughs> definitely, I was a pastor for seven years. That definitely sounds more biblical than the model I was in. <laughs> um, so, you know, all three of us here and varying degrees have sort of torn down our faith and our belief, uh, rearranged it, rebuilt it into something different. Um uh-huh. You know, one thing I've been able to perceive, I think, after doing that is when I read and listen to people, one thing I've been able to perceive is that I I know a free person when I see them or somebody mm-hmm. that's sort of on the track to be free. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that vibe from you. You may disagree with that. But as I read your book, you know, I think it was just in the introduction, even when you said uh, basically, you know, the journey I'm on of the questioning, the whatever of everything can basically lead me to an athe- to be an atheist. And I'm OK with that. Like, to me, yes. that's something that only a free person can say um, or somebody that at least is striving toward freedom. Now, can you sort of talk about your journey toward that? Um, you know, you sort of grew up rigid Catholic or whatever in a very Catholic, rigid Catholic setting. Um, oh, but, sure. but you but you, you know, you talk about in the book about how even as a young child, you were sort of questioning things and all that. Can you talk about that a little bit, your journey of where, mm-hmm. how you've gotten to where you're at now? Well, uh, yeah, and it began with, uh, you know, being taught that because my father didn't join us at the Catholic Church and had never joined himself, that he was, he was uh, uh, headed to hell. Right. And um, so you begin with this significant thing in your life being taught by the church that he is beyond God's love and care. Hmm. And uh, it, it just does something to your head, you think. Do I do I really want to give... You know, at first you're afraid for your father, because you've been taught also that the priests and the nuns are always right. Um, so you have this deep fear for your father, and then you reach a point, uh, probably when you really start to question all authority in your teenage years, uh, when you feel quite comfortable rejecting some things that you uh, taught. And, and I certainly hit that mark uh, 
in my adolescence, which I think was the reason my mom told me at the age of 14, that this doesn't for you, find something that does, hmm. and, and gave me this, uh, rather than doubling down, and I believe, she just, uh, she kind of uh, opened the cage and, and uh, set me free. Well, it's a great and, gift. And that was always her approach with religion, and it was something that uh, uh, the older I got, the more I appreciated uh, this this fearlessness, the spiritual fearlessness, and uh, and then as a Quaker, uh, I uh, I learned that um, uh, rejecting authority is kind of the Quaker way, uh, <laughs> is part and parcel of the spiritual uh, journey. So I guess if I were rebelling now, I would become the uh, fundamentalist and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Because, you know, the Quaker, the Quaker tradition has always just had uh, 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 this real freedom about it, which which I appreciate. And they said the primary goal, and I learned this early as a Quaker, that the primary goal wasn't the search for God. The primary goal was the search for truth, hmm. no matter where it took us. So why do you think and, that so many religious people are operate in this kind of scarcity mindset with God where something like freedom, uh, the freedom of God scares them to death or the idea that God is loving up to a certain point or that God is um, right. only forgiving up to a certain point or that God is only graceful up to a certain point. Like, why do you think that Christians operate in that space of scarcity so much where, you know, they are absolutely terrified to say that God could be more loving or graceful or forgiving or even operate in a space where God would give us freedom? Why do you think that is? Well, I think one, because then, well, they've been taught that. Um, I get around to a lot of and, and I still hear echoes of this theology that uh, as long as we do this, then God will do that. That then is always believe the right thing, attend the right church, um, marry the right person, uh, have the right vocation. You know, in other words, find God's plan for our lives and follow it. And if we don't, our lives, our happiness, our joy is in real jeopardy. So is it fear-based? Uh, I think a lot of it's fear-based. I think some of it's work-based, too. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, uh, questioning your theology and and having to rethink what you've been taught, having to unlearn, is hard work. And it's painful. Uh, it's yep. scary. And uh, and so I think it's it's much easier to just say, tell me what to believe, hmm. and uh, and I'll believe it, and uh, and then when I die I'll go to heaven. Hmm. And um, so I think it's fear. I think it's uh, um, uh, I think it's our uh, resistance to uh, kind of the existential work required of uh, wrestling with these issues. Um, Don't you think it's just uh, easier, though, for people just to believe what they're told? I mean, that seems to be a place where people can at least be content. Yeah, I've, uh, 
you know, I think a lot of people think it's easier. I've never found it to be easier because it raised so many questions right. for me. <laughs> I would hear things that to me were just incredible yeah. uh, that I could not believe that sustaining that belief was incredibly hard. Um, and, uh, um, which probably was one of the reasons I finally felt so free to say, you know, that makes no sense to me because <laughs> mm. I couldn't sustain and could no longer believe what I had been told I must believe. Wow. That's great. So almost in passing in the book, you say, I do not even value the Bible unless it empowers us to love. Absent of love, it is no more sacred than a telephone book. I, I read that and audibly said, amen. <laughs> I was like, amen. Um, can you talk about why God's love uh, is, is at the, the foundation of this book? Well, um, you know, uh, regarding my belief in the Bible, I, I, I remember when I came to that conclusion uh, someone once asked me, in an effort to kind of corner me, uh, well, where would your faith be if you woke up tomorrow and there was no more Bible? And, uh, and I said, you know, my spirituality would be just fine. How about yours? <laughs> and right. uh, and uh, they said, well, it wouldn't be worth having a faith if there were no Bible. Uh. And uh, I, just didn't, I just didn't get that at all. Um, I just didn't understand that. I thought, surely, and, and this is not new to me, this is part and parcel of the Quaker experience, uh, that, that there is a spirit which gave forth the scripture uh, that is our ultimate guide, and, uh, and uh, that is what the Quakers called the fountain, and uh, the, the sin of the light, the Holy Spirit, and... Uh, and we can say, along with other Christians, that the Bible uh, was inspired by that spirit. That uh, we would then also to say, uh, and it is always subordinate to the spirit, which gave it forth. Well, the way that um, I remember first uh, John chapter one, I thought it said in the beginning was the Bible and the Bible was with God and the Bible was God. <laughs> So you're telling me that it's something different than that. <laughs> well, I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that beautiful uh, John passage. And, and then people immediately say, well, the Bible is the word. No, no. <laughs> right. Uh, Christ is the word. Yeah. The, the ongoing and dwelling spirit is the word. That of God within us is the word. Yeah. You know, I, I have to and, ask. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, and 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 that word is always a gracious word. Uh, is always an ultimately gracious word. That and by that I mean it is always committed to our growth and well-being. It may not feel gracious sometimes. Mm. It may not feel always tender, but it is always that word, always committed to our growth and well-being. Mm. Um, and, and so, in that sense, is is gracious. I, I have to ask because 
you know, your your church is about twenty miles from us. We we st- <laughs> we tried to start one, uh, preaching similar things to what you're saying. Uh, nobody wanted to hear uh-huh. it. <laughs> And so we don't have that church anymore. We, we, we don't have that church anymore. They, they left and went to his. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, like, I, I have to ask. I mean, I, I know how I grew up in southern Indiana, central southern Indiana. I, how do you how have you been able to navigate being a pastor, teaching the things you're teaching and still maintain a job? Um, yeah, it's been my priority to maintain a job. Sure. Um, my my books have always, um, at least for the past twenty five years or so, have always kind of paid the paid the bills. Uh, so you talk about freedom. Once you're no longer economically obligated to say something to keep a job, then you have all kinds of freedom. There are other ways in which uh, other types of reimbursement one receives. And that is uh, the uh, uh, the gift of community, the gift of, of loving people, and so uh, uh, one is still vulnerable. Sure. One is just not economically vulnerable. Gotcha. Um, so when I began at Fairfield 18 years ago, I've been pastoring for 34 years. Um, I just told them right up front what I believed. <laughs> Said now. I'm telling you this so that you don't uh, claim later that I misled you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, uh, so you know what you're getting. And about a dozen people in the meeting left within that first year uh, when I refused to um, uh, condemn homosexuals, uh, when I refused to... Um, uh, through the uh, literal truth uh, and the inerrancy of Scripture, and uh, but the people who stuck, I just noticed, just seemed so glad. They were just so happy to be shed of all of that, hmm. and uh, really began to blossom spiritually uh, in a way that they said they hadn't before. And then when they got excited, of course, they told their friends. Sure. And some of those friends came, and some of them stayed. Uh, some of their friends came and thought it was the worst thing they'd ever heard and never came back. And, <laughs> you know, it's in the They were turned off by all. your smoke machines, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those smoke machines. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, you know, I just talked to my daughter today, and she's a freshman at Purdue, and she called me. And in this day and age, whenever a college freshman calls you, that really means something because normally they would just text. (laughs) And um, she said she was walking in the courtyard area and there were uh, quote unquote Christians um, with all of their hate signs telling people that they're going to hell and yelling at the students as they passed by. Oh, yeah. You know, she called me and she was like, Dad, you're never going to believe this. You know, what, what do you think about this? And I just thought how heartbreaking it is. And, you know, I cont- oh, contrast yeah. that with what you're talking about in your church, your church community, where there, there's a gladness. There's a joy of being in the midst of people who are yeah. not, not, not just like-minded, but kind of share that same sense that God is up to something good, that God is loving yeah. and, and healing 
in community. And it seems like that maybe now more than ever in this country that we live within that people are being repelled by the voices that are antagonistic, I think, and are drawn towards people yeah. who have something uh, good. Yeah. You know, um, several years ago, I got within spitting distance of the uh, Westboro Baptist Church out uh-huh. in Kansas, and uh, they showed up to picket my speech. Wow. And, Congrats. Uh, that's awesome. Congratulations. <laughs> Bucket list. I was so, I was, I think that's the, I was so happy. <laughs> the, the sponsors of the speech said, do you want us to call the police? And I said, oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I want everybody coming to this church this morning yeah. to walk past and hear that. Yeah. So they can then come into this church and compare for themselves what is at stake. I love it. And uh, it was uh, it, it was really energizing. Um, it was uh, it was amazing the experience. And then I got home and I read this old quote: "May you live in such a way so that the Westboro Baptist Church pickets your funeral." <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh, I thought, boy, that's what I want to have happen. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever that day comes, we can give them a call for you. I mean, that's, you know, that, we'll give them the heads up. We'll give them the heads up. <laughs> you know, I do love that. I do love that. Um, in the book, you have a, you go to great pains in sort of each chapter to speak to more conservative minded people. And I, what I like about that is I know with even myself, that kind of gets lost with me sometimes as a more progressive person. I kind of enjoy my echo chamber sometimes. Um, I'm sure we all do. Yeah, and I, I grew out of being conservative and found something that I feel has given me more life. Uh, and so a lot of times I and I, others that I know um, kind of tend to just say, well, kind of screw conservatives, you know, and just kind of just retreat to our echo chamber or whatever. But I, I do appreciate in the book how you definitely speak to more conservative people and say, this is why this matters. You know, in every chapter you finish each chapter saying, why, why does this matter? Well, here's why it matters, mm-hmm. you know, and I really appreciate that. So t- can you talk about your decision uh, to sort of include those um, understandings in your book and so- kind of include those sections where you're kind of speaking to more conservative people? Uh, well, it was born out of my own experience that pastoring in the Midwest, if you pastor a church in the Midwest, no matter how progressive that church is, there will be people in your congregation who are much more conservative right. than you are. Yeah. And uh, given uh, because of where we live. And as you get to know these people, discover that um, uh, many of them are wonderful people. Uh, they're wonderful people. They just haven't uh, been exposed to any kind of sustained conversation about what it means to think differently. And uh, that they, but once they engage that process, um, they, uh, in my experience, they find it liberating. Hmm. Now, they don't always become progressive, uh, but. I have invariably noticed, began to appreciate uh, uh, more than they had in the past, a uh, another slant, 
another way of interpreting the world, interpreting uh, the activity of God, uh, uh, witness of Jesus. Uh, and I don't want to lose those people. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I have a lot of Republicans in my congregation, and I don't want to lose them. I want to be talking to them right now, because Jerry Falwell Jr. is sure talking to them. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I don't want his voice to be the only one they hear. Oh, that's um, So, it's kind of born out of my, you know, if we stop talking to one another, then the more strident extremist voice on each end are going to be the ones talking. Mm. And uh, we just can't, we just can't pick them. Wow. That's, that's, I can't say any better than that. Yeah. <laughs> that's really great. You have, you have a, a chapter on um, the inequality of females in the church and you, you touch on inequality uh-huh. as a whole throughout the book. Um, it's heart, heartbreaking to think uh, the easy question is, is is why on earth is this still happening in the church? Why are why do females not have equality? Um, but we know misogyny is, is a huge it's huge in the church culture. Um, but you have co-pastored yeah. with women and have received the benefit of women in leadership. Can you uh, talk about why it's important that we have uh women in as leaders or or people from uh minorities Mm -hmm. well in in my personal experience they just bring a depth and a perspective that i simply lack Uh, i had no idea 60 percent of my congregation is female and i have no idea what it's like to be a woman (laughs) i don't i have no idea and uh and so when it became clear that I needed help doing what I was doing, uh, focused help, you know, by somebody who was uh, gifted in this area, that it made all kinds of sense to get someone in there who understood what it was like to be a woman. Hence, you hire a woman. Uh, you don't hire a man who promises to listen to his wife. You hire a woman. Uh, so that so that uh, the, the breadth of the human experience can be understood. Uh, now, uh, you know, we've covered that territory. We've got the male and female part down. In my congregation, what has been more difficult to get uh, represented in leadership is racial diversity. Yeah. Um, partly because of where our meeting house is located. Um, some say because of our worship style, uh, but I think the hidden reason that no one wants to talk about in progressive meetings is um, is our fear mm-hmm. of what it might be like and what we might have to give up <laughs> if people who look different from us start worshiping with us. Um, Yikes. <laughs> That's great, yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. But I contend that, okay, that's when life starts. That's when, that's the key right there. That's the, that's the moment. That's what Abraham Maslow called the peak experience. When you have, when you have those moments in your life together with people who are different from you, that you really get it. 
Hmm. You really understand. You really feel a part of, not only uh, a part of God, but you really feel a part of of uh, everyone else and a part of creation, which I've always thought was kind of the goal of spirituality, this oneness, this unity. Um, but until we get the race question solved, until we get the gay question solved, um, and until we get these political issues solved, you know, division and rancor and hatred, uh, these uh, peak experiences, these aha moments, these transcendent moments, I think are going to be few and far between. Do you think that radical yeah. inclusion actually brings diversity of voice to the table? I mean, is it as scandalous as Christ at the table with the prostitutes and the tax collectors? I mean, is there anything like that that we can do presently? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, last uh, or two Sundays ago, I was preaching at a church out in Dallas, Texas. Um, it was a friendly church, and a woman came up to me and uh, began talking with me and mentioned that we had corresponded about 10 years ago. And she said, I went to when I was 16. Uh, my parents had thrown me out of our home. She said, I was, I was um, a Jehovah Witness, and I went to my parents uh, as a young, as their son, and said to them, I feel like a woman. And they threw me out at the age of 16, threw their son out on the street in Dallas. Hmm. And uh, this church where I spoke at took her in and um, arranged housing for her with church members. Uh, when uh, she graduated from high school, they helped her go to college to that seminary. And now this, uh, this young woman, who is incidentally brilliant, just brilliant, and when you meet her, it is clear that... Uh, God has just gone over time on this life uh, for her. Uh, sharp, uh, engaging, uh, truth-speaking, just an excellent person. And boy, it was an eye-opener for me because I had never really sat down and engaged a transgendered person. And... Um, and here she was at this church and saying, remember when I wrote you? And I had remembered it because we'd corresponded for probably uh, a couple of years on a fairly regular basis. And then she kind of fell off the map. But what happened was she was in college and too busy to continue the dialogue. Mm. Um, but then she shows up, you know, all these years later. And, uh, and uh, I discovered that she's been doing all these wonderful things and is now uh, working on uh, at a church that uh, seeks uh, people out who've been rejected by other churches. Hmm. And that place was packed. That's great. That's uh, awesome. It was just packed, and you think, here's in there 10 minutes, and I thought to myself, this is where, if, if Jesus had the choice this morning between being at First Baptist Dallas and Robert Jeffers, or this little church by the airport, I think I know where Jesus would be. 
He'd be right here breaking bread, celebrating, singing, laughing, uh, loving these people. Hmm. And uh, after he went to First guess, Baptist and flipped the tables over, though. <laughs> Even better if he took if he went in First Baptist and set up the tables and, and invited everyone. <laughs> there you go. Wouldn't that even be better? No, Brandon, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, that's radical. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, it just amazes me because my first initial response when I learned this is the person who I had exchanged emails with years ago because I had never had in depth conversation with a transgender person. I was a bit taken aback, and I found myself being initially very uncomfortable. But then the longer we talked, uh, the more relaxed I felt. And flying home, I got to thinking, I wonder if that's our problem, too, is if we take everybody else's word about what other people are like without ever finding out for ourselves. That's exactly right. uh, And maybe the church ought to be a place where we find that out for ourselves. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So can you, in the book, you said um, it kind of goes along with this. God does not exist to confirm our preferences, which I th- uh-huh. I underlined that, started and put like, hell yes, next to it, I think, in the book. Um, can, but I, 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 I put that on underline all that in the book, knowing that that's actually speaking directly to me, because I, I'm even as a progressive able to sort of fall into that. And I think that's a, a, a unique a problem that both conservatives and progressives fall into is thinking Absolutely. that God confirms our preferences. Can you talk about how both of both fall into that trap and what's the way out of that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I sit there thinking to myself, you know, if Jesus could, if Jesus were alive here, he would be voting just like I vote. <laughs> right. Uh, I I think the trap out of that is to uh is again, this is the, you know, you hear a lot about diversity, but this is the beauty of diversity. Meeting and knowing people who are different from yourself keeps us from uh, uh, always just assuming that God is just like us and prefers us. But if given the choice, God would choose us and our way uh, and our style and our thoughts and our beliefs if given the choice. But the minute you begin to meet people who are different from you, you kind of have to let that go. Um, you can really only sustain that if you're around people who are just like you. If you work with people who are just like you, if you worship with people who are just like you, if you live next door to people just like you. Uh, so I, I think the answer is to just expose yourself to as many different people as you can. And make sure your children do too. Because I think this is nothing learned early in life. Learned uh, hmm. very early. Boy, once you learn, it is hard to unlearn. Yes, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. The, and, and we'll call that the, the moral superiority of the familiar. Hmm. Uh, the more familiar something is to us, the more right, the more moral. It begins to feel to us, uh, whether it is or not. 
That's great. I mean, let's, you know, let's face it, a lot of Germans, and today a lot of Americans, are, are assuming that, uh, uh, assumed that the obliteration of an entire race of people was right because it became familiar. And, and today in America, there are a lot of people who think the, uh, uh, the condemnation of gays, the, the condemnation of uh, Hispanics, of people of color, is, is because it has become so familiar to them, is the right thing to do. Is the right thing to do. Oh, the moral um, superiority of the familiar, man. That's... Dang, yeah. that's good. Right, that, that's the title of your next book, Philip. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I'm going to snag that one myself. <laughs> that's <laughs> great, uh, man. Uh, the next book is uh, I got to sell it to my publisher. They're scared of the title. It's a book called "If America Were Great." Ooh, um, boy, yep. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I can't imagine why they're scared of that. I told him, I said, they're not going to shoot you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Oh, man, that's really funny. <laughs> um, so in the, in the they're book... not going to pick at your church. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so in the book, you have you talk about the idea of, uh, of being pan-sacramental. Can you explain that a little bit for our listeners? That was one of my favorite parts well, of the book. Well, as I said in the book, I was, I was so excited when I was thinking I had invented it. And I came across the theologian Martin Buber, who mm-hmm. used to, which, which meant, of course, the capacity uh, to see the presence of God uh, in all of life. Uh, when I was growing up, I was taught that we encountered God in seven different ways, yep. and we called those sacraments. And then uh, my sister began attending the Baptist church, and they said, no, God is encountered in two different places, in uh, baptism and communion. And then I became a Quaker, and, uh, and, and Quakers don't have the outward ritual. And... Uh, and so I mistakenly believed that Quakers didn't believe in sacraments, that we weren't sacramental. And then eventually I discovered, no, just the opposite. They, Quakers believe that all of life has the potential to bear the presence of God, to reveal uh, the inward reality of God. Uh, but all of life is an outward symbol of an inward reality, if we look for it and if we're cognizant of it. And, uh, you're sta- you're so, sounding way too Jesusy right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, then that suggests then the purpose of life, <laughs> of course, is to walk through life, looking looking for God, and looking for God not only in in the created order, but looking for God in others, and uh, and valuing that and saying yes to that. I mean, it's kind of the issue that we have right now within much of the church, right? I mean, we, we've we've created some sort of belief system in which it's so fractured and divided in its own doctrine and theology that, you know, there, there are few people who could actually look at their faith and say that it has anything to do with the environment or with racial reconciliation or racial relationships. 
I mean, it, it's right. a sad state that we've gotten to where people could say, well, wait a second, what does Jesus dying on a cross have to do with anything other than me getting to heaven? How in the world does it have anything to do with environmental yeah. issues? Yeah. And boy, if you're God, uh, think how it must feel uh, when someone embraces you uh, so you don't kill them. Right, exactly. Uh, that would be like, I just can't imagine how that could, uh, how people can look at that and say, that's a noble, that's a noble response <laughs> to the face of God. Right. <laughs> to, to tremble and fear and to say, you know, I'll say yes to you because I'm afraid of what will happen to me if I say no. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I really feel like that right now in the time in which we live, many of the things that you're writing are prophetic. And, you know, just to kind of let you know, I feel like that there's a movement afoot of people who are rediscovering that. And there are voices that are rising to the surface that are calling people into greater depths of this this. Uh, God experience, not just in segmented, fragmented places where they isolated into a Sunday at church and going through the ritual and emotion, but that are actually rediscovering the presence of God in all things. And I think it's really, truly kind of the right time for this to happen. We desperately need it. Yeah, we do. And what's interesting about this is the people who are really excited about this and passionate aren't going to church to find it. That's right. They're not they're not going to a church to find it. Uh, they're, they're going to uh, blogs. Uh, they're listening to podcasts. They're talking with friends. Uh, but, uh, but somehow, well, and I think it's well, well learned, uh, they doubt that organized religion can provide the kind of answers and the kind of experiences that they're seeking. Uh, now, I would urge them, I would say to them, uh, friend, we're, we're not all like that. Don't give up. Uh, keep looking. Yeah. Uh, because you're going to want that community. And at some point in your life, you're going to need that community. Mm. Uh, you're going to need some place and some people where you are known and where you know. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and that's that will uh, we we all need that in our lives. Hmm. That's great. Uh, so you are like twenty miles away from us. Uh, how how are the potlucks at your church? <laughs> oh, killers! <laughs> killers, that's great. <laughs> Great job with uh, pitching dinners, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when is the next one? That's uh, that's the next question. <laughs> that's so great. Um, you know, I think uh, you know we talked. I talked earlier, mentioned earlier that most of our listeners and and us are, and the three of us around this table um, have gone through pretty serious deconstruction of our faith. Uh, one of the things that I think makes us seriously itchy is the phrase "God's will." Um, but you have a uh -huh. completely different take on that in the book mm -hmm. that I loved. So I don't want to give too much of the book away. I know we've probably given a lot of the book away. Anyway, for our listeners, buy it. 
But I like that, now. But... Um, but I would love for you to explain God's will, how you see God's will to our listeners. It was re- seriously refreshing to me when I read it. Now, are you speaking about the section where I talked about and, and kind of reject this uh, this old saying that God has a plan for yes. your life? Yep. Yeah. Which, uh, gosh, I... Um, Two of us haven't been told that. Uh, And uh, the inference, of course, is is that if we're unhappy, it's because we haven't discovered God's plan for our life. And once we do, then we will be happy. Uh, The same people who tell us this also tell us that God has given us free will. Uh, So I have never understood how both of those statements can be true. Right. How God can have a plan for our life, uh, but then also uh, be committed to our our freedom to choose and uh, and our freedom to live uh, and seek our own happiness and the happiness of others. It just makes no sense to me. Well, it might have something to do uh, with the commercialization of a single verse. <laughs> well. That has a lot to do with it, and uh, and and this notion that life is so constrained that um, uh, that if we don't get every aspect of it absolutely right, we're going to be miserable. Uh, it has. I've had grown people sit in my pastoral office and cry because at the age of sixty they wondered if they had married the right person. Huh. And I would say, do you, do you love your spouse? Oh, yes. Huh. But, you know, our child died. And now I wonder if our child died because we shouldn't have married one another. Wow. Yeah, uh, just the, the damage this kind of one-way thinking does. I had a good friend talk with me about this, and he said, we must stop thinking of the will of God as a small stream and begin to think of it as a wide and mighty river mm. into which all of us stream. And, uh, and I thought, yes, that's exactly right. Yep. Uh, uh, God doesn't care who I marry. God only cares that when I get married, I treat that person with the love and dignity that I deserve. God doesn't care how many children I have, just so long as I, I treat the children I have with love and compassion, seeking their best in this world. Um, we have to move beyond this. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's that's just so refreshing. It's so refreshing. It really is. Just it's it's amazing to me how few pastors are saying this stuff. Yeah. Like when I realized yeah. it, even as a, I was, I was a pastor, youth pastor, when I really started realizing some of the stuff that you're saying and I was just amazed that more people weren't saying it and, and, and also amazed at the pushback on it. Yeah. I mean, it, you, yeah. you, you preach freedom and people go screw you. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. uh, it's really astounding. Uh, you know, I just, yeah. I, there's something about, about law that people in the church just love, that religious people just absolutely love, even when a massive chunk of the New Testament is the Apostle Paul going, yeah, don't worry about the law. 
Stop following the law. All the law can yeah. do is tell you what you're doing wrong. It's all about being free in, in right. Christ. You're free to do whatever you want, but love. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it's just amazing yeah. to me. Yeah. Man. Well, if you want to blow your mind, get online and look up the speeches of a man named Robert Ingersoll. Robert Ingersoll. All right. He lived right. in the 1800s yeah. in America and was known as the happy ag- agnostic. Oh, I've heard uh, of him. Okay. Robert, oh, yeah. Robert Ingersoll spoke to more people in the 1800s than any other American. He traveled from town to town speaking to people about um, happiness and and how often religion is the enemy of happiness. Hmm. And um, uh, when he was under attack, the preachers would fire up against him, <laughs> warning their people not to go, huh. uh, but they'd seek not to go. And uh, said so there were some churches who, after Robert Ingersoll came to town, the churches the next morning would be empty. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, that's amazing. <laughs> to me, I think you know what's the purpose of religion. Well, it, it seems to me that the purpose of religion should be human happiness, and that when we engage God, uh, then our cons- our concern, our desire for human happiness, uh, doesn't stop with us. It is also then unswervingly devoted to the happiness and well-being of others too. Hmm. So it isn't a selfish happiness. It is. It is a happiness that uh, uh, that is really in one's personal experience. But then is that ongoing effort to make sure that the lives of other people are also happy and blessed. Hmm. Insofar as we're able to do that for another person, I mean, we can't do it for everybody. Right. But, uh, but neither should we be setting up impediments to their happiness, which is, I think, what religion does a lot. Uh, and it's interesting to me that here in America, you know, we talk a lot about freedom, but we really don't want religious. Uh, uh, that's the last thing we want is for people to experience the spiritual freedom. And in our Constitution, we talk about the pursuit of happiness. And then we go berserk when somebody's out there pursuing happiness. We just can't. Well, you know, I think you, you I think that? the you know the dirty little secret of of most pastors is, you know, you don't want your people to be free because it puts you out of a job. You know, right. you're you're the one peddling religion. You're peddling for not. I don't mean you like you personally. I mean as a pastor, by and large, you know what the job it can be in most churches is. You're you're the authority. Uh, you're the one who holds people's religious life, freedom, whatever you want, their faith in your hands. And if you start teaching people to do that on their own, it puts you out of a job, essentially. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's yeah. the dirty little secret that, you know, churches don't want people to be free because they won't show up anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what I've experienced is that um, your church goes on, but you end up with a different conversation. Yep. Um, the people who are uncomfortable with, with that kind of freedom leave. Uh, but then you begin to uh, uh, attract uh, and gather together uh, 
people for whom these principles are important. Yeah. Um, so uh, you still have a congregation, but it's a different congregation. Mm. Um, and uh, and I think a funner congregation. I have a lot more fun. The longer I'm a pastor, the more fun I have doing it. That's great. That's awesome. And, and uh, I think it's because the people I'm around have... Uh, uh, I'm running with a different crowd now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. All right, Philip. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, oh, well, thanks for having me. <laughs> it was it was our pleasure. Yeah, the, and the, the book, book is phenomenal. Oh man, I I just I blew through this book so quickly, and I'm going to go back and really dig into it some more. Um, well, thank you. it just I cannot yeah. recommend it enough to our people. It's, it's just so 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 good. It's called Unlearning God: How Unbelieving Helped Me Believe. Um, we're also going to have your website on the show notes. It's Philip Gully, one L and Philip and two and Gully. Yep. And we are going to give away three copies of your book. Yep. So well, talk. I hope uh, the readers enjoy it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll do that on Twitter. Thank um, you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. We're close, man. We need I'm going to be down in Morgan County on Friday night at the, uh, Morrisville public library. I do efforts toward literacy. Huh. You know, before you can make someone spiritually intelligent, you have to teach them to read. Right. And uh, so uh, at 7 o'clock on Friday night at the Morrisville Public Library, I'll be there. Uh, there'll be some really good music with Bobby Lancaster. She's a wonderful singer. Huh. And then I'll be doing some storytelling and some Q&A. So, wow. Very, uh, that's great. very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we have we, a lot uh, of local listeners. Yeah, and we've got to get together sometime for coffee or something. It'd be great. To oh, I would enjoy it. Yep. Yes, and you have my number, so just give me a call, and we'll, do, we'll, meet, we'll meet halfway, and we'll uh, enjoy some time together. That's fantastic. Right. Thank you so <laughs> much, Philip. Sounds great. Thanks, Philip. Now that if you can your seat, you can tell us what you think. The five stars get red. well that's a way to break that up all right um, <laughs> no five star reviews so uh, thanks thanks for nothing God. guys that's it's like, a, what, five three one. weeks in a row? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out again that we have more uh, we have more people in the Pastors Pub than we have yes, reviews. We do. Hey, I need assurances that when Richard Rohr's on this, that you play those clips. No, absolutely no. not. You, you will play them. No, you, about you, will, you will face. I'm very excited right yes, now. Yes, you are. Or this you one? Will face, off. Yeah, or <laughs> this one. <laughs> Oh, I just deleted no. it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It. Thank it's you. It's gone. Lord moves in mysterious ways. Oh, Jesus, man. please Jeez. no. All right, so no five star reviews. Come on, guys. You just got. <laughs> I'm sending hour and forty five right minutes I'm of telling hot content. Richard Rohr, right now, I'm telling him. Don't please, because now somebody's gonna <laughs> at Richard Rohr on Twitter. Hey, you need to I don't think Richard Rohr podcast. actually runs his no. Twitter. So. Let's hope not. He doesn't. <laughs> no, I guarantee he doesn't. Richard, we love you. Long Tim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Twitter feedback. Uh, do we have any? This is your job. Is it my job? <laughs> yeah. 
All right, I'm getting there. Top ten. Top six. No, it's actually top ten this week. I actually Wait. had to race some yeah. just to oh, get ten. Oh. Hey. James hey. Chapman at Chappy Chapster. Like that. Stephen Curtis, Chappy Chapster. Two of my brothers used to work at uh, uh, Chappie's Produce. <laughs> oh, neat. Yeah. Where's that at? It's no longer in service. Was it here? Yeah, it was uh, in front of an old uh, hair salon. But it was no just a exists. front for uh, meth. Meth no, production. they right. they had really great produce. It was I like it was like a stand. It was a produce huh. stand. All right, back nice in the like, neat. Yeah. All right, well, uh, so number ten. Here we go. Oh, At Pastors Podcast, I can't get the latest episode to play on my phone. It says it's unavailable. Am I alone in this, or am I being bullied like Melania? <laughs> Melania, Melania, whatever. Melania, well, who gives a shit? Uh, Melania, the lady that's had nine facelifts, whatever that one is. What? Uh, what are you saying to me? Number nine, Dan Burgess at DP Burgers and Fries. Hey. Here we go. Here we go. I'm ready. I love the patented. Uh huh. Uh huh. Stuck saving the world <laughs> from the motherfucking aliens. That's him. By, I know. By, by at Brandon Andrus anytime he's on the Pastors Podcast. Number number eight, Michael T. Honcho at Michael underscore Thoncho. He's the head honcho around here. He's the head Thoncho around here. Mm. Uh, At Pastors Podcast, started listening somewhere around episode 83. Decided to start at episode one and see how long it takes to get current. Hashtag drunk monkey. Hashtag (laughs) do you even lift Jesus? Hashtag cherry flavored blood clots. Hashtag... Tweed oh, horse. Geez. Bro, that's going all the way back. Man. Love it. Laurel. Yeah. Thanks, Toncho. Yeah, thanks, Toncho. You guys haven't changed a bit. No, not at all, years. right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, it's been number seven. Years. Number seven at Christopher Maloney. Oh, wait, sorry, Christopher Maloney at Maloney's Movies. Hey, he's, he's got, got a, a movie, movie out today. Nah, Jinx. You know Just today. Yep. Uh, buy, a, buy it or In God it? We Trump episode. What was that? What episode was he on? I don't know. It's, I don't know. Look on it's iTunes. Buy yeah. my movie. Buy uh, his movie. Let's see. I'm looking. God, I posted. Was a... Look at our Twitter. I, I posted was, it Oh, recently. number th- uh, 102. 102. In God We Trump. Uh, we interviewed Christopher. He's wonderful. Buy the, the movie. In year 2000. Uh, at Pastors Podcast, at Brandon Andrus. Had me crying in the car from just... <laughs> Gosh, I'm going to break your Had me crying in the car from just talking about his book. You keep on wrecking that beauty, baby. Um, oh, God damn it. I've made a huge fucking mistake. Why? How the hell have I never, ever connected your book with this song? I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yes. Number- <laughs> I'm so glad he's still recording because I didn't want to do this number, again. Number six. Oh. Dawn. I came in like a wrecking ball. God, <laughs> Don at Don Del Morale uh, at Pastors Podcast. My pros and crons for Matt being back. <laughs> Pro, my little brothers are back together, which always makes me smile and laugh. Crons, fear of peeing myself a little, laughing so hard <laughs> and wishing I could be a fly on the wall to witness this shit <laughs> show. Oh. Hashtag, I don't have an anteater. <laughs> Can we just say that it got way uncomfortable last week? <laughs> I was ready to walk Uncomfortably out. Uncomfortably <laughs> fantastic. Uh, number five again, Dan Burgess at DP Burgess. Here we go. Michael still doesn't know how to use the that was easy soundbite after each con for hashtag cheat man's Brad. He should have pressed it. Uh, number four. Paul Fodder didn't touch her at Paul Fodder who? 
Hey, uh, he sent me a trunkie. I he sent a lot of trunkies. I love yeah. the trunkies. Uh, at Basically, Pat- when somebody is in their trunk and take his, takes yeah. a selfie, he sleeps in his trunk. Yeah. He's homeless. Sorry, Paul. Uh, at Pastors he's got a lot podcast. of junk in that trunk. Yeah, if you know does. what I mean. <laughs> at Pastors Podcast, somewhere in the multiverse is an IPP titled hashtag with a little help from my friends. <laughs> uh, so I got I, before we go any further. The very next night, I was putting my my son down to to sleep and and we listened to like lullabies come together and it came oh, come god. together and a little help from my friends oh my god yep it was lullaby <laughs> versions of well that. that's i laughed so hard super fantastic uh, best dad ever <sighs> yep number three rob boyland at r boyland at pastors podcast you missed the obvious hashtag for the week in my opinion Hashtag Beetlejuice. <laughs> but spelled, you know. Get it. Uh, but you did get the quote of the day from Brandon Andrus. I don't have an anteater. So now it's time to <laughs> hashtag come together. Hashtag right now. Hashtag over the anteater. Yep. <laughs> oh, number two. That. Michelle in white at egg number nine. Going to catch up today on a few older podcasts of Pastor's Podcast while not thinking of the following Beatles songs <laughs> all together now. Everyone's got something to do except me and my monkey <laughs> and dig a pony. Hashtag Australian man that banged a horse. Hashtag I don't have an anteater. Wow. Uh, and then number Same. one. Oh, number one. Gonna do. Yeah. All right. Laurel. Laurel. Uh, number one, Melissa Widener at Mel the Warrior or Mel the Widener. Let's call her Mel the Widener. Mel the Widener. <laughs> at Pastors Podcast, I just heard come together on the radio. Thanks for ruining a great Beatles song. I can never <laughs> hear it the same way again. <laughs> Hashtag, I don't have any either. <laughs> Wasn't it Limp Biscuit who? <laughs> well, yeah, don't Google Limp Biscuit. Well, really, no. for, really for any fucking for reason. Reasons. For any fucking reason whatsoever. Oh, man. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, yep, let's do this. Yeah. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Uh, let's see. Hashtag. I don't have very many this, this week. I got a few. I don't have a ton. Hashtag, you said would ya. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, suck at TD Jakes. <laughs> I second that. Hashtag, the CCM of beers. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, I've never heard this Green Day song before. <laughs> Hashtag, is he, side, is he talking about Kim Jong-un? <laughs> Oh, hashtag, he had a mullet. <laughs> Talking about Stephen <laughs> Curtis. Chapman. He did. Hashtag, uh, let the jizz live. <laughs> hashtag, your head is the clitoris. Oh. <laughs> nope. Hashtag, chainsaws and riding mowers. <laughs> hashtag, the stars have finally aligned. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then hashtag killer oats. Killer oats, man. Ch- chainsaws on lawnmowers would be a great band name. Yeah. Hashtag Patty My Nutty. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. What, what was that? Patty My Nutty. <laughs> what? Were we talking about Sandy Patty? 
Oh, I should have been uh, hashtag Sandy Patty my nutty. <laughs> <laughs> my God. I'm changing it. All right. I changed it. Uh, hashtag the CCM of beers. Hashtag don't do good with peer pressure. <laughs> hashtag his dad's trench coat. Hashtag mid 90s horseshit. Um, mid 90s horseshit. Hashtag horseshit was in that film. Hashtag he had a mullet. Hashtag just sing your stupid songs. Hashtag let the jizz live. Hashtag he was twanking. Let the jizz live. And my favorite two. Uh, hashtag Olga Jobs <laughs> <laughs> and hashtag Stephen Curtis Chappy Chapster. <laughs> Olga Jobs. It's <laughs> so great. Oh man! All right. Um, hashtag How are your potlucks? <laughs> Hash- <laughs> hashtag Suck at TD Jakes. Hashtag in t- unintentionally made a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> this is I've I've got uh, twanking as well. Uh, hashtag win a daddy squid. Um, and then this is my favorite. Hashtag drained, cleaned, and sanitized. <laughs> <laughs> I either like that or Olga Jobs. <laughs> I will say one of because it reminds me one of my all time favorite hashtags was Ganda Jones. Ganda Jones and Olga Jobs. Olga Jobs. I vote Olga Jobs. I like that. What do you vote, Brandon? Uh, I can go with. Um, I like the CCM of beers. I like <laughs> Olga Jobs, and I like Stephen Curtis Chappy Chapster. The CCM of beers. <laughs> let's go with. Let's go with Olga Jobs. Olga, um, Jobs. Olga Jobs. Old Olga. We'll wait for Carmen to come out with a beer first. Uh, oh God. All right. Uh, so if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag hashtag Olga Jobs. How do you spell Olga? O L G A. Okay. I don't know if there are two O's. No. No. There's not. It's not Olga. Olga. My name is Olga. <laughs> My father's Jobs. <laughs> I help you win election. <laughs> Make America great again. I do it. I make America great. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, sorry, Dan. I didn't mean to offend your country. <laughs> it's not Russian. <laughs> I know. That's why uh, I said it. Oh, uh, hi, Billy. Hi, Dan. You're the only two listening. Oh, God. Um, all right. Um... Where, where, yeah, hit us up on social media at <laughs> Olga Jobs. Uh, we're at Pastors Podcast. I'm not on Twitter. Don't Polly named Matt. Yeah, AJ Basinger. Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Uh, Instagram, we're in Glorious Pastors. Um, closing time. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website in GloriousPastors.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Leave a goddamn review. Yes, yeah, seriously. I'm talking about you. God. Um, new guy. Listen. Yeah, new guy. New Jack. Yeah. If you want more Olga Jobs content, leave a goddamn review. 
Um, yeah, get in, get in the pub. Patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. We'll get you all the nuts you want. All the trunkies. Um, without further ado, so long, suckers. Check out Twisted Sisters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I feel like I forget that every week, but I don't really remember uh-huh, if I do. Uh-huh. Say it. No, you say Check it out week. Twisted Sisters yeah. on their uh-huh, Apple uh-huh. Podcast feed. Maybe yeah, I'm on there tomorrow. Oh, nice. the Twisted Sisters. The Twisted Sisters. Twisty Sisties. Good job. Way to, way to get on that podcast. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon, thanks, buddy. Two weeks last in a row. Minute. Last minute. See? Save the day. Thanks, bald Jesus. For nothing. Thanks for nothing. See you next week. You can see how, how busy I really am. Yes. Just waiting by my phone. <laughs> waiting for my girls to call. Buy my book. Laurel. <laughs> Just out of control. <laughs> <laughs>